But listen, I am so excited to be able to preach this word to you this morning. It is Pentecost Sunday, and we are reminded in the book of Acts of how the Holy Spirit came upon the New Testament church with power and gave them power for their life. I'm going to speak to you today about that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 1 today as we look at God's Word as He is going to give us power for our daily lives. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 through 8. And I just want to clarify this. The word Pentecost, Pentecoste means 50. So it's 50 days after Passover is when Pentecost is celebrated. 50 days after Easter is what we are at now to celebrate this amazing move of God. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 today, it says this, once he was eating, Jesus was eating, and I just want to give you a thought for just a moment. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is eat meals with other people. Eating with other people is very spiritual. Sometimes you're just eating a meal, and you can encourage somebody, and you can eat a meal and bless somebody by paying for it as well. That's a blessing. So he was eating a meal, and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the Holy Spirit. He's talking to them about the promise. He's saying, I promised you this. And he says, John baptized with water, but in a few days, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, it continues to read, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to restore your kingdom. And I love verse 7 because I believe this will speak to us. The Father has already set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Jesus basically told them, it's none of your business, really. Listen, there are things that you should be glad that God doesn't try to explain to you. I'm okay with God saying, hey, it's not for you to know, John. And we need to be okay with that in our lives. Like, why did that happen in my life? I'm sure we've asked that. It's not for you to know. Why did that person betray me? It's not for you to know. Why are we going through this right now? It's not for us to know. Because sometimes even the explanation will not change the pain in your heart. Verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Maybe just take a moment today and you'll look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then maybe if you will, look at your other neighbor and uh, say, neighbor, it looks like you need some power today. And you, he says, will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, we have an amazing father in heaven, and he's the only perfect father, and that father in heaven has promised us a future. You know, when we think about the future, many things come to mind, what happens is, we think about it from the vantage point of what's going on and happening in my life right now. You know that some of us today, we're agonizing 
about the challenges that we are going through. Each person is going through some type of challenge today. You're wondering, where are the answers to the questions that I have today? Maybe you're hurting. You're wondering, uh, when will this come to an end? When will I experience the healing and the restoration that I need in my life or I need in my relationship or whatever it may be? And those questions come to us and we long for answers. And in Acts chapter 1, I want you to get this today right from the beginning. Acts chapter 1, there is a transition moment that happens right after Jesus Christ has been resurrected. And he appears then to his disciples, the Bible tells us, and he demonstrates that he's alive. And the disciples realize that they are in a moment of transition. Listen, I want to encourage you today, church, that the church of Jesus Christ is in a season of transition right now in the world that we live in. And the Holy Spirit is poised to pour out his power today in our lives, through our church, and into our communities, and into the nations of the earth. You know, as the disciples, they look into the future, they come with a new understanding of what's happened because they've just gone through Jesus' resurrection they look forward to the future, and they have questions about the future that is in front of them. And you see, they've seen Jesus for three years. They followed him with hopes that he's going to fulfill the prophecies of the Messiah coming into the world. And his messianic fulfillment, his coming to king over all and ruling was their hopes and was their dreams that basically God's going to fix all of the stuff that's broken. We can relate to that, can't we, today? Just fix the stuff that's broken, God. And this is the thought that they had, understandably, because they were there as eyewitnesses, that everything is broken in their life. Now Jesus is going to fix it because you know what? Wow, he's just risen from the dead. And if he beat death, then certainly he could fix what's wrong on planet earth. And they ask him this question, is this what the future holds for us, Lord? Let me just say this. Whenever you seek God for answers about your future... He very rarely lets you in on what is coming. He basically says, okay, you're thinking about maybe the next season of your life, of what's coming next, or what you should do next month or next year, or what's going to take place in and through your life. And you know, we long for the answer to that all the time, that's for sure. Because we think, you know, if we know, it would just make it better. Actually, I want to tell you, it probably would make it worse. You know why? Because... He loves us too much to let us in on every single detail because really what happens is if we knew every single detail, we would be people that are filled with anxiety rather than his peace. See, more information would not give you peace. We'd probably just mess it all up. You would get completely in God's way, and that's why many times he doesn't reveal all of it to us at the beginning. But I want to remind you a very key to this message today as we look into the power of the Holy Spirit is that our confidence comes from knowing the source, not the specifics in our life. Knowing the source and knowing the source of our strength is more important than knowing all the specifics that we think we should know today in our life. If you are living in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, there is in our lives a source of wisdom and life and grace 
and power that you and I can live out. And it's always better to know the source than the specifics in our life. I want you to get that. See, the very thing that will give you peace is not more understanding about what's happening next. It's about knowing the one that will be there for you no matter what you face next. We've got to know the source rather than the specifics in our life. So if you've been following Jesus, maybe it's been a long time. Some of you, maybe you've just been following the Lord. It's just been uh, recently you've come to know Jesus. Or maybe some of you are just checking out who Jesus is. Let me just talk especially to those that have made a decision to be a follower of Christ. We have a tendency to undervalue our need for the Holy Spirit, don't we? What happens is we often want to live out of our own strength every single day. When we face challenges, we try to solve them with striving and worrying and manipulating things to make them happen. You know, there's a lot of worrying right now in our world. Every single day, it seems like there's a new worry. There's somebody talking about something. And we seem to get all wrapped up in the specifics rather than the source of our faith. We forget this, that we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives every single moment. Jesus knew this because when he left earth, he said to his disciples, don't go into the future or leave Jerusalem, but wait. Can you say that word wait? Wait. Everybody say wait again. Wait. He said, hold up now. Hold up. I've got something for you, but you just need to wait. Wait for the gift that my father has promised you. Here's what he's saying. He says, look, if you try to go out and do the things that I've called you to do in your own strength, in your own efforts, and in your own understanding, you're never going to reach the destination that I have for you. So what I want you to do is wait right now. He's saying, you know what? I want you to make some space and create some room so that the Holy Spirit can enter your world. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he will give you power. Amen? He will give you power. So he says in Acts 1, do not leave Jerusalem, hold up, but wait for the gift my father's promised you, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in Acts 1, they waited. They made room for the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could enter their world and they could experience his involvement and his empowerment in their lives. I just want to ask you, when is the last time you created space for the Holy Spirit in your life? When is the last time in the craziness of our world you've created space and you've made room for the Holy Spirit to move in your life? Here's the reality. The Holy Spirit is so much better than you and me. There is no comparison between us and what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That we realize the Holy Spirit, he has more wisdom. He has more insight. He has more power. He even has a better attitude than us. He has more joy. He has definitely more strength. He lives on the inside of every believer. And he wants to share that 
with each and every one of us so that we will not live out of our own strength, which is very limited, and live out of his unlimited strength. You know, we forget that he really is so much better. You know, if we're going to do life the right way, we have to learn to live out of his resources. That's why Jesus said, don't leave. Don't step into the future real quick. Don't, don't step out. I know you want to. I know there's a lot of glorious news you want to share about me that I'm resurrected. But Jesus says, I need for you to wait. I need for you to create space for what I'm about ready to do in your lives and in the world as a whole so that the Holy Spirit can come upon you with a fresh move and a new experience like you have never, ever sensed before. I hope today that as I'm speaking and I'm preaching to you, that this will create such a hunger and stir such a hunger in you and in your personal walk and relationship with Jesus. Because you might be stagnant today, but let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is on the move. He loves us, and he is wanting to do something great in this moment of transition upon the face of the earth. Here's three points that I want you to understand today as we go through this. Understand, number one, we need an experience with the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm going to talk about maybe the poster child for this right now, why my Siri goes off, is the poster child for this was Simon Peter. One of Jesus' main disciples, you remember him, he's a great example of how the Holy Spirit can change somebody because if you read the histories of Jesus, if you read the Gospels, they include the record of Simon Peter's discipleship journey, and they show how inconsistent he was. I mean, we can relate. Peter even denied Jesus three times. Really wasn't a great uh, spot for Peter, but he, he did. Then on the moment, we just read he was there and when Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father has promised you. See, when he experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in his life, he became a totally different guy. Supernatural things begin to happen in his life, and he becomes this incredibly bold and powerful leader, and God uses him in such a powerful and a mighty way by the work of his spirit. Isn't it amazing to, to know that, that God is working? See, let me tell you something today. We got to be people that are just more than content, just reading the word and saying, wow, that's good. And it lays flat upon our smartphones or upon our Bible in a physical way. But we have to be people that desire to experience the work of the Holy Spirit. I mean, listen, I mean, you wouldn't prepare your family, get them all ready and say, hey, family, we're getting ready to go to Disney World. And we're going to drive down there and we're going to go to Florida. And we're all going to walk up to Disneyland. And when we get up there, we're all going to go, Whoa, family. Whoa, Disney World looks amazing. I can see the top of the castle. I mean, this just looks crazy. And then we say, okay, you know what, kids, it's time to go home. Rather than saying, hey, I want to go in and experience what is about ready to take place. We've gotten here. We've taken the time, and here we've prepared our hearts. And that's the same thing with our life in God, that we come and just, uh, we don't get content with just saying, wow, I just think this is how God's only going to move. 
or I don't even know if he is ever going to move, but we become people that are experiential because that is the New Testament church. They weren't content with just sitting there doing nothing. They moved life forward in Jesus' name. I hope I put, put uh, something in your spirit today and stirs you up that, let me tell you something, an experience, what happens is it will affect your emotions and it will affect your responses when the Holy Spirit comes powerfully upon you. Sometimes this is actually one of those things we understand that people feel that we've had people tell us when they come in the doors of the church and they're here in our time of worship together. And as we experience Christ together, that in that environment, there is encouragement and there is experiential faith that is taking place. And people will say, man, that's a lot to take in sometimes. But, but I mean, people are responding physically and emotionally and they're seeing that and it's different. See, some things can only change in your life by having experiences with God and that is very biblical. In fact, there are two primary experiences that everybody needs to have. Two, the first one happens when you and I come to Jesus and say, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. And you surrender your heart to Jesus. You realize what he did for you on the cross and that he rose again and he shed his blood. And a matter of fact, the experience that comes there is John chapter 20, 21 through 22. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent to me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what are we talking about? The Holy Spirit. First, we know God the Father who begotten Jesus Christ, the Son, and sent him to this earth. And before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit. That we see this. The Holy Spirit is a person just like Jesus. He's, matter of fact, John chapter 14 and verse 26 calls the Holy Spirit, he's another helper. I don't know about you in your life, but I need another helper today. I need another helper in my life every single day because let me tell you, what I do quickly wears me down in and of myself. I need the help. He has the same benefits of Jesus. He adds value into your life. Listen, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit a paraclete. He is somebody that comes alongside of. The Holy Spirit is not a parasite that sucks out of you. The Holy Spirit comes and adds value and adds strength and adds encouragement and adds joy and adds power for your life every single day. The Holy Spirit has come to infuse us with his power, and he walks alongside of us. He's there to encourage us. You know, there's something beyond that, and that's the second experience, because these same disciples who had already received the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20 were with Jesus, and Jesus said, hey, you haven't gotten it all yet. Don't leave Jerusalem You've already received the Holy Spirit. You've already been saved, but don't leave Jerusalem quite yet, but wait because there's more that I have for you. And he's telling them inside of here, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to overflow your life and to give you power to begin to live a supernatural life. See, being saved and having the Holy Spirit 
on si- inside, inside of you from the point of salvation isn't enough to do life at the level that God has created you and I to live at every single day. You also need to have this experience where the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power and begins to transform and change you. You know, all of us need this ongoing filling all the time. That it has to be a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. That we allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Like, you know, a dove. That's the representation. One of the symbols in the New Testament that the dove of the Holy Spirit, if you will remember Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist and when he came up out of the water, the dove came down with a representative of the Holy Spirit. See, it's that second experience that Jesus wants you and I to have today where we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And this is the question I want to ask and, and uh, to you today is, is, have you had this second moment where you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? You say, well, I'm not maybe completely sold on that idea of needing the experience. See, we have the tendency to think that our life changes only by the disciplines that we do. Now, don't get me wrong. The disciplines of reading your Bible are very important. The, the discipline of praying is very, very vital to our connection with the Father. Uh, the discipline of solitude, of taking time out of, and uh, being quiet and uh, pulling yourself away from the crowd and fasting, another discipline, and on and on can go the disciplines, but there are some things that only happen in your life through direct experience with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus and Christianity aren't a philosophy. It's about a person and the work of Jesus. See, many times what happens is we want to depersonalize de-emotionalize and de-experientialize Christianity and make it safe and contained. Many times that's what we want to do. God is saying, no, 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 listen, there's so much more that I want to do and I want to dip you in my power. That's what he's saying. I want to fill you up. I want to fill your life with joy and I want to give you authority and I want to give you a supernatural relationship and demonstration of the things that only I can do. But you've got to open your life to have those experiences. I realized growing up when God called me to be a pastor that uh, I in and of myself, I was not competent to do that. I realized that very young coming up through junior high and realizing that God had a call upon my life. It was then through my church experiences that there was the work of the Holy Spirit that was in operation through our church services that was alive and the preaching was passionate and powerful and there was the ability to allow God's Spirit to move and I realized that I needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and it's through that that I get the strength and to get the power and I get the boldness to do what God has called me to do. And you need that work as well. You and I need that work every single day to do what God has called us to do. Listen, if I preach to you only self-help 
techniques as how to improve your life, I would be omitting one of the central parts of what Christianity is, which is that there is the Holy Spirit and he wants to work within your life. Second, we need the explosiveness of the Holy Spirit. Not only do we need to experience it, we need the explosiveness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about making things weird and crazy, but I'm going to challenge you to think about this second point, that you and I need the explosive power. We need what the Bible calls that power of Acts 1-8, that dynamite power, and it is life-altering. Listen, dynamite is powerful that it alters the things that it hits in the physical realm. And so is the power of the Holy Spirit. Then when he comes upon us, he alters and he changes our life. It's a, it's a bit like riding a wave, if you will. It's this force that carries us because it's powerful. It's good, but it's powerful. He says, you will receive dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what Pentecost is all about. That when he came and he moved upon them in Acts chapter 2, we're going to get to that in just a moment, that, that there was this explosiveness of God's power upon the 120 in the upper room. Here's, here's the deal. When God, when he, when he operates in the world, he does not primarily work just to alter our circumstances. He does do that. I hope that you will allow him to do that, even of this time and this season as we think about Pentecost, in and through these next couple of months, in and through this next year. But his primary way of operation is not to work from the outside in. It's to work from the inside out. See, the whole world around us just wants to make themselves look good on the outside. And Jesus says, I've come to do something greater and more powerful in you. I've come to work inside of you out so there is explosive power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, more, I'm just more than just putting a Band-Aid on you. I've come to be your remedy and fix you once and for all. See, the only way that we get to that point is we come to realize that the Holy Spirit comes to bring us fruit. And genuine fruit is when the Holy Spirit births it in your life. You know, I don't care to try to work circumstances or problems out in my own strength because they only go so far. But I long for the Holy Spirit to work in me that I would experience him so that I can listen to him for wisdom, direction, power, and authority. You know, I want to have that experience, like many of you do, that brings the explosiveness and the explosive work of the Holy Spirit from the inside out. And that brings me to the third point, is this. We need to have an expectation of the Holy Spirit. We need to be people that expect the Holy Spirit to move. No matter where we're at, the Holy Spirit just doesn't move in our house or in our car or in the church, but the Holy Spirit moves wherever he wants to move. That we need to have an expectation of the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work through us. He wants to do it in you. He wants to do it in me. He wants to do it right now. Something brand new on the inside of us. 
And you know, I can just kind of sense just God just saying, yes, yes, I want to do this in you today. He wants to do that in us, that you would take the risk. And Holy Spirit, would you just come and do that in my life today? Holy Spirit, would you just come in this moment and you would show up in such a powerful and a mighty way that I open up my life to you to come and fill me with your presence. And if we do that, he has promised to fill us, not only to save us, not only live within us at the point of salvation, but also to baptize us in his spirit. Because Acts 2 reminds us that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And here's what I want you to know and what God's word shows to be true. Every time there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in scripture, there was evidence that it took place every single time. This is, I want you to know today, sometimes there can be a lot of confusion around the subject, but listen, the baptism and the second work of the Holy Spirit is not just something for super Christians. It's for anybody to have. This is for people that have even no clue about Christianity, but are hungry for God today. It's for everybody. It's for the seasoned Christian. It's for the new Christian. It's for the skeptical person that's just checking out what God wants to do. See, we have to understand that this Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh, the Bible tells us, on every single person. And if you are hungry today, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. He wants to touch you. He wants to minister through you. It doesn't matter if you're a child, you're a young person, you're an adult today. You're somebody that's physically not able to leave your home. The Holy Spirit and his explosive power is there with you. Will you just hunger for him today? See, the thing that we see, you know, deep sea divers that they, they enter the water with oxygen tanks on their back, right? The purpose of these tanks is for them to have the ability to move into a foreign world. Water is not their natural habitat. It's not the normal place for them to live. So in order for the deep sea divers to survive, they need to be connected to a life source from the real world. If they get disconnected from the oxygen, they won't last long but their connectedness is key to their survival. And that source of life and that life that we have as a Christian is the Holy Spirit. God has given every believer this life source to survive in this foreign territory. If we get disconnected, listen to me today. If we get disconnected, we won't make it. We cannot make it. We will gag and we will beg for air because this foreign world does not offer what we need. That the life source that we need only comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. This is a transitionary moment for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, just like it was for the early disciples in Acts chapter one. Jesus was resurrected. But he said, listen, I'm going away. And I'm going away to prepare a place for you. 
but I'm going to leave you another helper. I'm going to leave you a comforter, and you're going to need him. So you just need to wait. Wait and hunger and experience all that I have for you so that you can witness boldly for me in these days. I pray that you are so hungry for the work of the Spirit today. And I pray that you would hunger after the Holy Spirit and want Him more than anything else, any other distraction, and that we would want Him as a church like never before. Will you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you for the promise that you have given to us as your children. Lord, it is the promise of the Holy Spirit that John says that he's come to baptize in water, but Jesus, you've come to baptize with fire. And we need the fire of the Holy Spirit to work in us today. Maybe today as you are listening from whatever room you're in, maybe today you've never experienced this first work of the Holy Spirit, and that is at the point of salvation that you accept Jesus, and it's from that moment that you have the Holy Spirit living within you. I'm not asking you today to join a church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm asking you that you would begin a new life in Jesus Christ today, that the Spirit can live on the inside of you. And so today, whatever room that you're in, wherever you are at, would you just kind of maybe tilt your head towards heaven and, and pray maybe these words some way, somehow, and maybe put it into your own vernacular to say, Jesus, I thank you that you're willing to forgive me and that you paid the price for my sin when you died on the cross. I ask you to forgive me now. Cleanse my life from every past sin and make me right with you. I open my life to you. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to live on the inside of me. And so today, I surrender to you. Have your way in me. Birth something new in me today. And that, Father, we thank you that you tell us when you are invited in, to our lives, that, Lord, you come, you fill us, you overflow us, you empower us. And, Father, I thank you for every person that's made that commitment to you. Father, I pray right now as we prepare to come back into this time of worship and we sing together, that, Lord, we come and that in this moment, Lord, we would just take this moment, this sacred moment that we have with you, and that maybe today, wherever you're at, you would feel comfortable in just lifting your hands and invite the Holy Spirit to move mightily upon you today in your home, in your family, in your life today. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and work in us now. Oh, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to touch us in a powerful and a mighty way. The Lord, this is a transitionary moment for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have called us, Lord, to do a mighty work in this day. But Lord, our own strength is not sufficient, but your strength is all sufficient. So Lord, we open our lives to you. We open our hearts to you today. 
come and move in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. We're going to worship the Lord together. And I pray that today you would receive this power for your life in Jesus' name.